This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello and welcome to Tampa Tantrum episode the 66. My name is Steve Layton and thankfully I'm not joined by Colin Harmon this week. I'm joined by the lovely Jen. Have you fallen out with Colin again already Hate so him. soon? Oh Hate no. Hate him. Yeah, we made up. We, we're kind of like that married couple that like loves to fall out. Yeah. And then loves to make up. Um, yeah, and the making up is so much better than the falling out, of course. <laughs> I don't need to know this, Steve. <laughs> um, no, but after spending a few days in New York together, we decided that we hate each other again. Okay. And, um, and yet that's why he wouldn't come to Estonia with us. Oh, all right. Is that why? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. 100% cool. the reason why. Also, he said he hated all coffee roasters. Oh. He said he was just about the baristas. That's uh, unfortunate. And he wasn't so keen on them. Oh, well. Because none were quite as good as him. Are we going to lose all of our listenership now? No, no, because we love baristas. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're going to keep the listenership. It's Colin that's going to lose it, so we're just going to have to chop him out of the programme, I'm afraid. Okay, all right. Well, there goes Cup North then. Oh, oh yeah. Colin loves you all, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm tired. It was a, I mean, I'm sure you're exhausted as well, just like... That was, when you, when you think about it, we only had a week in between the two events. And on paper, when you're looking at it in a calendar, you're like, oh, we've got two weeks. We've got two weeks to recover. We get back from New York. We go to Estonia. But really, by the time we landed back from New York and then left for Estonia, it was it was genuinely seven days. That was rough. <laughs> so for, for anybody who has missed a couple of episodes about yeah. what we've been doing, we've done Tamatantra New York, which was incredibly successful. You go and listen to me and Colin Witter about it yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then we did uh, Roasters Guild uh, in Estonia. Yeah. Um, as um, What was the official title? Because I don't want to screw that up. It's like... Uh, just production partner. Production think, partner. Yeah. That was it. Production yeah. partner. Um, so we did like two programmes for that one. Yep. As well as trying to coordinate New York and as well as Cup North coming up in yeah. a couple of weeks, which we're going to talk more about yeah. uh, in a while. So it, it has been fairly hectic. And I think the one that was scaring me probably the most mm-hmm. was um, Estonia. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And New York, I kind of I had a good feeling about New York. Okay. And I think I talked last time, I was like, I was nervous about it, but like... I don't know. Like it was yeah. like we had all the control. Yeah. You know, if, yeah, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. like it's our thing and if it fails, like we let ourselves down. Yeah. But we don't let anybody yeah. else down. But this yeah. was like the first time the Roasters Guild of Europe had ever come together, yeah. ever done anything. Yeah. And if we trampled all over it, yeah. like we killed the Roasters Guild before it was even born. Um or didn't do as good a job as we could yeah. have done. You know, and, and yeah. that, that can have long term damage. If somebody goes the first time and goes, Oh well that's yeah, a bit yeah. naff. Yeah. Um, then it's they're going to think that forever. <laughs> They've, you know, it's foundations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, Roasters Guild, I guess, for, like, if we got a lot of American listeners there because we were big in New York. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the Roasters Guild of Europe is brand new. It is. It's a baby. Yeah. Um, Barista Guild's actually not that old. No, Barista Guild's probably only... I mean, they, so this year they just finished up their third camp. Yeah. Um, and if you think about the fact that there was a year, I think, that went into sort of planning that first camp. So they're really only about four years old. And Roaster Guild would have been in the same position. Although I think they've sort of been chatting about things for a little bit longer. But maybe a year and a half culminating in this camp yeah. for the first time ever. Why do you think that, like, in Europe we haven't had this Roaster Barista Guild? Yet in the US, like the US Roasters Guild and the... the, the Barista Guild of America are just huge. Like they're, they're calendar events that happen all the time. Yeah. Why, why do you think it's taken us so long to? Uh, oh, Dale, you said you'd be quiet bringing in the coffee. <laughs> why did you make so much noise? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Dale's desperate to get on Tampa Tantrum again, I isn't know, he? I know. Coming in, making a noise, shouting. Thank you for the coffee, Dale. Thank you. Um. I think, well, I think part of it is SCAE is a slightly younger organization to start with than SCAA, and I think it's just a part of the natural growth cycle of that. Like, not, no, not, you say younger, though. I mean, SCAE has been around for as long as I can remember, like 2000, like before 2000. But it's, it's got... still it's still younger than SCAA is, so I think, like, and I don't know if you're going to need to Google this here, and probably fact-check and insert it later, but... um. 
Yeah, like SEA is just a little bit younger anyway. And so I think it's just a part of the natural growth and progression of any organization is figuring out like where your members are and what they need. And SEAA probably hit that hit the ground running a little bit faster there. Mm-hmm. And SEAE has a different membership structure a little bit. And you know, it's like they are they are both membership organizations for specialty coffee, but they are quite different in many ways, I think. And um, yeah, I think it just took them a little bit longer to get around to the idea that oh there's there's some membership here which i actually find interesting because when you look at how uh voting is structured for barista guild and roaster guild in the u.s they don't have a direct vote whereas by i the think time... that's absolutely when yeah. i when i learned about that with the unification i thought that was absolutely terrible it's like how can you how can you completely freeze out yeah an important section you may hear sniffing on the podcast. This is Hero, like <laughs> who's Jen and Dale's dog, also trying to get in on the act because yeah. he's the only one of the family that hasn't been on the podcast yeah. yet. He's super um, quiet. So sorry in advance if you hear any snuffling or clicking around. He's, he's generally pretty quiet. But... Um, but I find that absolutely like so frustrating that, yeah. like with the unification, that the 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 voice of the and let's be honest, like you know the barista, certainly the barista side of the organisation is the yeah. future. These are the coffee professionals that go into the other roles, open their own shops, do their own roasteries, you know, and like, how can you not let them vote? Yeah, blows my mind. Yeah, um, I was really shocked to hear that. I I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm asking you. Maybe I should yeah, ask somebody from SCA. <laughs> It's just because you're American. Um, <laughs> but I wonder whether... Like, I'm really... Well, it will happen because I shall have a campaign for it. But I really hope that that changes. The, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm I pretty sure it's happening in unification. And, um, like, that's something that's really important to the European guilds, as far as I understand. And I'm sure that that will, that will sort of pick up and... and if you're a member, you're a member. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. I, I, non-voting members for me don't exist. Even if you're a home user... I think you should have a voice and a vote. You know, if you give any money to make an organisation exist, yeah. then you should have a, a say in how that's run yeah. in the future. And I think, that, so that's what's really interesting about this. Is so yes, uh, SEAE came, came a little bit late to the table in terms of setting up these, uh, you know, Roaster Guild, Barista Guild, what have you. But when they did, they set it up in a way that gave those members a vote. And mm. so in that case, I don't know, I think sometimes there's a little bit of an advantage to sort of seeing how other people do it and then going... Yeah, what, what can we do that maybe suits us a bit better? Um, which is why unification will be really interesting moving forwards anyway, because both of them have separate learnings from different sort of membership pools and, and ways of working, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to pull that together in an efficient and effective unified organization. I think it's one of the biggest challenges of unified. I mean, I think the boards are pretty much agreed. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it this way. Like, there, There's been lots of arguments, I'm sure, behind closed mm-hmm. doors to get to that point, but certainly the, 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 the front... They're saying the same things. Yeah. Um, I don't get that feeling with the BGE, BGA and RGA, RGE. Like, I, I feel that they're, well, the, the talks haven't started. Mm. Like, they're about to start. And I think, the, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how that one pans out. I think there's a lot of work to do there to make the two fit. Oh, for sure. And, and, and I think it's really important. And, and I kind of heard, I heard a rumour I heard a rumor that that um, you know, and I'm I, I'm fairly sure it's right that the <laughs> <laughs> that the RGE are going to have a, a a little longer of being yeah. RGE before yeah. they unify. Like I think there's going to be another camp kind mm-hmm. of thing before they get to the point where they put them together. And I think that's important for it to have its own identity before because it could look the Roasters Guild of America could come in with a very dominant. Um, point of view because that, yeah. we've done this lots of times you've only done it once yeah. whereas in doing it a couple of times at least gives some personality to the so we can so we can merge the two together yeah, and not yeah. have one be the bigger part yeah and I, I, I mean did you hear that rumour too? Uh, I didn't hear that exact rumour but the rumour that I have heard um why are we talking about rumors? I hate rumors, but anyway, rumors are great. If we're going to perpetuate rumors, um, is is that the guilds have the ability to decide how and when they're going to unify, if they're going to unify, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. I think. I, I think there is also another argument before we run down the path of unifying the guild. I think unifying the organisations doesn't need we mean we need to unify the guilds, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we should look at what is what is best for each. Well, certainly, and, and I, I could see like Brewster Guild. Merge, but the Roasters Guild, not all vice versa. And, and I think that could be a good thing as well because it just yeah. goes down to whatever they need. And, and I think that's very positive that they're allowed to sit down at a table and decide 
and they can still have cross workings. Exactly. Like they can still have working groups together. Well, uh, but when it comes to putting events on, do you want to go to America? For well, it? but but here's here's the like the the bottom line is no matter whether or not these these organizations unified, the staffing that helps to perpetuate them or to run them will be a part of that unified organization. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, no matter the way you're looking at it, there is going to be some form of unification involved in terms of resources and staffing. But um, yeah, they get to. Dev- they I get kind to of like the, the idea of, of being able, being the same organisation, being able to go to both. Yeah, like, exactly. That seems kind of fun. Yeah, and I was really excited to hear as a part of that sort of roaster guild programming, which we're going to dive into in a little bit, was that sort of looking at the fact that there's already equivalency between the two education programs. Yeah. Um, which is exciting for me because you know I I'm actually surprisingly a lot more familiar with the SAIA education program than I am with the SCAE. Of course, yeah. of course, because yeah. you did a lot of work when you were at WCE, didn't yeah. you? And yeah. Uh, yeah, in 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 that stuff. Yeah. Now I think it's exciting times for for both sects of. Guilds, sure. uh, both sides of the the, you know, the Atlantic, and I think um, yeah, it'd be super interesting to see where it goes. Sure. But it was fun to be part of the first one, and nice. we decided we were kind of going to use this kick calling off, yeah, and talk about the program a little bit about what we what what actually happened for those who weren't there, yeah, and what they can expect coming up on mm-hmm. the videos in the very near future, yeah. Um, and I thought this was a super interesting talk to put up. Uh, the first one, which was Richard, was it Richard? Yeah, Richard Graveling from Richard the Graveling, Institute of Occupational Medicine. From Edinburgh. Was yes. it Edinburgh? Yeah, 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 he's yeah. based in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah um, and came and talked about just kind of like, I don't know what the actual talk was about because there were so many different yeah. facets to it. <laughs> like, I started off thinking he's going to talk about lifting sacks here. Yeah. It's going to be a manual handling course. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of suddenly went into all sorts of things that he said he knew little bits about yeah. and he'd got experience because of his holistic parts of his job. And yeah, yeah. people were talking about dust, people mm. were talking about you know, the smoke from roasted coffee. Like I saw Roland wrote, wrote lots of notes there, which scared the hell out of me. Yes, by the way, he was like, oh, is Steve back in the office on Friday? I have some things I need to follow up with mm. from Roaster Skilled. And I was like, um, how about Monday? Yeah, no, no, I'm never back. I'm never, <laughs> ever back. Uh, every time Roland has an idea, it costs me a few thousand pounds. I don't yeah. like his ideas. Yeah, they suck. I saw a list of um, them. But I thought it was really interesting, like, and it got my, my mind thinking, like, just about, I love that little thing he had for picking up the sacks. Yeah. So he had a photograph on the screen of, like, two hooks either side going to the ends of the sack, and then you kind of, like, winch it up, and yeah. then take it to where you want and winch it down. That could be fun. Well, so, so... Because I'm you... sure we could put Dale on that, and carry him around the roastery on it, and winch into different places. That's, yeah... Typical house bean. Is um, that bullying in the workplace? It again? might be bullying in the workplace. Oh, um, no. we'll Can we have that human resources yeah. talk yeah. soon? Uh, I keep asking <laughs> you for it. <laughs> um, but Richard, Richard was a real pleasure to work with. So it was really interesting. So this time, um, unlike where we've gone to, like worked with BGE and CoLab, um, which is where they basically say, okay, so here's your day. And here's kind of what we'd like you to do, but you kind of still have a choice in like what you're doing. You, you have a bit of free With this case, because we were a production partner, we weren't really putting on a tamper tantrum. No. Like, you were there, I was there, there was programming, and, you know, Tentacle recorded it, which essentially makes it a tamper tantrum, but we were uh, working very closely with their brief. I think I mentioned tamper tantrum three times over the whole two days. I know, I was really impressed. Yeah, yeah. In uh, fact, he was even like, um, can, I, can I say this is tamper tantrum? I'm like, yeah. yeah I mean, Because it was yeah. very, different it was very different and as yeah. you say like Richard was somebody who they suggest well they said they wanted they wanted ergonomics yeah. in the coffee roastery and so for me that like I get really excited whenever there's a challenge like that where I'm like all right cool where am I going to find an ergonomicist who has done work in a coffee roastery and funnily enough there's uh like a you chartered uh you know occupational medicine of people whatever for the UK and so I reached out to them and said okay this is what I'm looking for do you know anybody who's done any sort of work and so they put out a call to all of their members and surprisingly I got about 16 to 17 responses back from different ergonomicists oh some of whom who had done work in a coffee roastery some of whom who had never done work in a coffee roastery but were really interested because they love coffee um, wow. And it was really fascinating to me, and I, I had a really interesting time sort of chatting with them and sort of narrowing down, like, who we might be able to work with, and in the end, like, Richard was just super flexible. He'd already had some experience working in a coffee roastery in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh. I was trying from the photos to work out where he was, <laughs> I didn't say, but I really couldn't. I, I no, tried yeah. ever so hard. Yeah. Like, he did very good at hiding it. Yeah, he was super good, and, and so it, it became a question of, like, Obviously, you know, we're always working with a little bit of a bootstrap budget, you know, so we had all these great ideas for going 
going to lots of different roasteries, different size roasteries, uh, roasteries who have different sort of, um, uh, I guess, customer segments and things like that, and, and doing, you know, sort of uh, comparative research. And in the end, like, we don't obviously have the budget for that. And I would love to see... SCAE Research Committee, if you're listening, I would love to see that sort of work done. Um, but anyway, because Richard had already done some of the work and his former client was willing to let him use some of those photographs and things like that, um, it just worked out really well. And he was super lovely to work with. He came out and he was like, you know, I'm happy to share my details. I'm happy to share my presentation. So actually, we're going to have a lot of those pictures and some of those uh, initial sketches that Richard had done in terms of ways that he could work out uh, fixes for some of the ergonomic problems that you do come across in a roastery, so that we'll have that for everyone soon. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah that, that is going to be a video kind of within the Tampa Tantrum guys, mm. but also with Roasters Guild Europe yeah, yeah, guys too, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I, I don't know, I hadn't really thought, well, I do think about it all the time because Roland comes with stupid ideas, but I've never <laughs> thought about it in a smart way. Yeah. Uh, and there were lots of things that were in there that I was thinking, yeah, we could easily do that. That could be easily be yeah. done. And I think people who get to watch it will <coughs> come away with a, a similar... Yeah. Uh, a similar kind of feeling that there's lots of useful things to take away from it. And the other thing that I really took away from it, which is a lovely tie-in with something that Meister said in her presentation back in New York, was that if you know that we're limiting ourselves in terms of the pools of applicants for jobs when we put requirements on there, um, and she she made a brief mention to it in the talk that she ended up giving in New York, but early in in early days when we were sort of working through ideas, she had another line in there that was along the lines of you know. Um, Surely, we, we, we figured out how to put a man on a moon. Why can't we figure out a way to lift 70 kilo sacks without using a human? Mm. And, um, you know, if we could do that, we might be able to open our pool of applicants and diversify the industry a little bit more as well. And so seeing some of the ideas that Richard had was like, that's a really lovely tie-in I didn't expect to see. I've kind of got a way of doing that anyway. Uh, yeah. Make, make them half the size. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, that's a good start. I love smaller bags. Yeah. Like in Colombia, we managed to get smaller bags. That, I mean, they're thir- I think they're 30 kilo yeah, bags. Yeah. And they're the best things in the world. Because yeah. they're cute, because they're yeah. little and small. You yeah. can use them as pillows. Yeah. So I have two of them in my bed. Lovely. And I sleep on them. Weirdo. Yeah, I'm just very poor. And, um, <laughs> but like, they're, they're just super cute and yeah. really easy to, well, they're not easy to lift, but they're, they're easier. Than, yeah. You know, you can I, ca- I can lift them, them comfortably and not have a bad back for a week there after. There you go. Yeah. So, and it is, it's, 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 it's funny, like, I've suffered, I've suffered with my back all the time. Yeah. And that's from, you know, the kind of first 10 years of roasting, being yeah. the only person that lifted sacks. Yeah. You know, and, it, and eventually that takes its toll where I need, I have to now pay people to lift sacks because if I did that job every day, Net still, yeah. I'd be in bits. Yeah. Like even now, I, there's lots of times where my back is really, really painful, mm-hmm. and it's from. Well, he's not. I mean, he's not just from lifting coffee sacks. It's from, <laughs> we don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, my previous job, but there was a lot of lifting too. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you know, we 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 are injuring ourselves by lifting yeah. seventy kilo sacks. Like it's as an industry, it's a big problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was it was interesting to see somebody come up with fairly simple solutions. And, yeah. Fairly low cost solutions. I'm, well, th- yeah. I'm thinking about actually going into manufacturing them and just selling them all over the world because I think you can make a fortune. Excellent. Anybody wants to take the ID, welcome because I'll never do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after Richard, we had, um, a, a, I think we can now call her a Tampa Tantrum kind of veteran. Yeah, I yeah. think that's fair. Because she's done a talk and she also did one of the panels. Yeah. And, um, and then Rico came and stole her from us. Yeah, it's, it's it happens, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Taylor Brown. Yes. Um, uh, Taylor's obviously going, anybody who follows Taylor on social media will see she's going through a super exciting time of setting up a new roastery. She is, yeah. Um, and um, Taylor and... Jorgen. Jorgen. Yeah. Um, very pretty packaging. I like Beautiful. the packaging very much. Very clever, yeah. Um, but don't have a roaster. Yeah. Um obviously from Tim Wendelbow fame, so she's learned to roast on a probat, mm-hmm. uh, was very convinced she was going to buy a probat, yeah. but went through an experiment of going all around Norway, mm-hmm. and I think even into Sweden, wasn't yeah, it, part of so, it, yeah. um, to test different roasters and to see... I, I, I think she'd be comfortable saying, I think it was anecdotal, more mm-hmm. than like science, mm-hmm. but like which ones gave her the best results, and then she brought the coffees. Yeah. Um, how did that work out for you, Jen? Go, yeah. How many coffees with a cup? 
24. 24. How many people were you setting that cupping up for? Uh, 100 to 130. How did that work for you? Not so well. No? no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, it was, it was, it was incredibly ambitious, and uh, early on when Taylor and I were talking about it, she was like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd really love to be able to taste some of the coffees alongside, you know, looking at some of the findings that we had, and so initially we were looking at doing, because she did six curves with each uh, each roaster, so four roasters, six curves, um, one where she was sort of trying to mimic the same curve on each roaster mm-hmm. or get the same results, and one where she was trying to push it to the limits or, you know, uh, see what was going to, try to get the best out of that coffee on that roaster given the tools that she had available to her there. And she was also asking the roasters how they get yeah. the best out of it and exactly. what they would do, so yeah. trying to use the experience of the people. Yeah, exactly. So, so the idea being that we would choose two coffees from each roaster, so we have eight total coffees, one where it was uh, you know, sort of the similar curve and one where she felt like she got the best out of that roast roaster. Um, and in the end, it sort of went, you know, it'd be really cool if we could do all 24. And I'm looking at the equipment we have, which was an amazing spread of equipment, actually, and I'm looking at also the number of people we have, and I'm going, well, there's no way we can sort of actually batch brew that. We just don't, we simply don't have enough urns on site. Um, and do that in the time that we were doing, because that was also ambitious on, on our part as well, was assuming we could cup 24 coffees with 100 people in half an hour. It's okay, it gave me a good break <laughs> in between. I, I went for a lovely walk around. Yeah, uh, yeah, in the end it took about an hour and 15 minutes uh, or so. Um, and, and all said and done, like I actually think it was, it, d- despite some of the pitfalls that we experienced in terms of getting the cups onto the table, getting the cups off the table, recut it and getting out there, but I mean... Actually, so Tentacle had a GoPro camera in the office where we were filling all of those cupping bowls and dosing them. Um, and I can't wait to see the footage sped up <laughs> because it was pretty impressive. We, we, we will make that video readily available yeah. somewhere on the internet as a standalone it's, video, I think. That, I, that, and that I have to fun. think... Jessica, oh, maybe we'll make it part of Taylor's video. Yeah, um, well, yeah. We'll, we'll see when we get the footage. Or both. Like, yeah. I, I have to thank um, Jesse Mae Peters and Rudy yeah. um, because both of them were absolutely instrumental in making sure that we got out all of those tastings that we did there on time. And Jesse was an absolute fucking legend. Pardon my swearing, because she was back there helping me. Oh, it's not Colin, it's you. I know. Oh, oh. I know. I don't like you using the cuss words, Jennifer. She is an absolute fucking legend, though. Okay. Um, and, and it was just, that was a lot of work to put together. And so between the two of us, we managed to sort of scrape that out. And Joanna was even back helping there. And Tentacle came back and helped us dose as well. So. Yeah. All, all of you guys, legends, thank you. But we, we made it happen. I think it was really interesting. And we, we were using um, this function called Slido, which yes. was your guild of, hey, hey yes. now. I don't think it was Slido's fault. I think no, it was, it was the, the internet. internet's fault. I agree. Yeah. But like, it made life horrible. I, I, I had to think <laughs> on my feet and try and come up with a way of doing stuff. Mm. And I don't like thinking on my feet because no. I'm a bit stupid. And it, it was very hard. But, like, we, we, we got some interesting results, which you will see as part of the video. Yeah. So, um, it, I, the most interesting part, without giving it all away, the f- most favourite and the worst came from the same roaster, which I thought was really interesting. It's really fascinating. Yeah. And I think, I mean, overall... I mean, I think we can give away the, the one no. result. No, 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 no. The one result, which was that taste is subjective. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter what... Ro- like, you... You can find a roaster that you like. There's no one ultimate, like, best roaster to work with. It's just down to personal preference and taste. Yes. Like... Yeah. And that is true. And I think that that came through um, in one of the other presentations yeah. we did as well, which I thought that like that that made me really happy. Yeah. Um, but yes, we, we'll get to that one uh, in a while. So after that, we had uh, Morton, Morton Munche. Yes. Um, I, oh, I don't know whether I should, should I say it, Jen? Probably not. No, I know. But I'm I'm gonna say it anyway. I love Morton. I love his research. His research is fantastic. When it when it's come before, I felt this was too early for this one. I don't think the research is ready yet to present. I don't think there was enough there. Like and he was saying himself, it's like we haven't got enough yet. We're still building the data to look for what's happening. And it was like it was great to get a sneak peek into what's going on. But I'd much rather have seen it, and I would look forward to seeing it, because yeah. I'm sure there will be a date where it's finished and he presents it at yeah. one of these type of events, then it, that it's, it's fully formed and finished, because he himself was saying all the way through, well, we can't really get anything from this yet, because there's not enough yeah, data, yeah. and we haven't really had enough data to, time to examine it, and, yeah. and, and it was just like, okay, this is really interesting, but it's like, I, I expect, like I, like, I just, I would like to see it finished. Maybe 
maybe it's excited me more to see it finished. Now yeah. I know that it's happening and stuff, but it just wasn't fully formed enough for me for now. I disagree, which is probably not a surprise. Like no, I I think I, I think it's always nice to see finished research. I was really fascinated. I also think we were we tried to do some things that didn't work out that would yes. have made the fact that that research wasn't quite finished a little bit easier to, to handle because what we were actually going to do was to have everybody in that room answer some of the questions that were on that survey. I think and I've see already how filled in the out. survey, you know. You probably have. I th- I'm sure he sent it to me and I filled it in and I was getting really angry towards the end because it was carrying on. <laughs> I was like, I've got work to do. But I, I actually, I found it really fascinating. Even as someone who doesn't run a coffee roastery business, um, like certainly all like you, Colin and I have talked about business models and what that looks like and different ways of putting them together and building them. And some of the things he said really resonated with me, and I went, oh. Is that what that is? And so um, I'm actually really looking forward to going back because I only kind of got the, the opening bit and then was sort of running around trying to put some other stuff together and like deal with the cupping. But I'm actually really looking forward to seeing the footage from this and sort of taking that and putting it into our own business in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that bit he was talking about, you know, you need three different personalities to run a business. Uh, you need someone who is really interested in preserving what was done in the past. You need someone who is really stuck in in terms of what's going on in the in the present and like really like can't see the forest for the trees. And you need someone who's like massively forward thinking and is open and just wants to do everything, even if it totally knocks those other two people over. And I went, oh, I kind of see that with us a little bit. Yeah, no, I think it's really interesting as well that um, one thing he did talk about was that you know, it's about, it's a business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think so often in specialty coffee, we're almost embarrassed to say that we run businesses. We, we, we're passionate, we have our hobbies, we're working with things, something that we love, we're yeah. excited by it. Yeah. And, and not enough people are like, yeah, and I need to make money too. Yeah. Um, and that came across in the, 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 the data he has so far for me yeah, that yeah. there was a, there's, there's far too many people that aren't approaching it with that business head on. Um, it's something I've always tried to do uh, yeah. because I'm probably the worst for being excited and passionate and interested about working yeah. with the people I'm working with. But it has to be sustainable. Yeah. It has to make a profit because if you don't make a profit, then you can't buy coffee and then you screw everybody's lives up. So I was having a conversation along these lines with somebody at Roaster, Roaster Guild who was like putting together a presentation that they were going to be teaching the next day. And as soon as they said it, I said something similar along those lines, which is that it has to, like, you can be super passionate about who you're working with and, and helping them build their side of the business and their farm, but if you can't make money off of that interaction, you're not going to be able to continue to help them. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd love to pay $20 a pound for every coffee that I buy. Yeah. And if there was a market for them, I would sell it and send all of that money back and we'd all be getting rich mm. off it. But actually, there comes a point where it suddenly people don't want to buy that coffee because yeah. it tips over a point so you have to have the realism of okay how much what's the most I can sell this for yeah uh, and sell this amount of it yeah you know because like, I'll buy 10 bags or something at $20 a pound and I'll sell it yeah like I'll sell it easily but I'm not going to buy two containers of it because yeah. I'll have nowhere for it to go and I'll yeah. go bankrupt yeah so it is it's about that, that whole business side of it yeah um, and you know, I, I, there's a tamper tantrum talk waiting to be said about this. Out yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like there is really like about like let's not be embarrassed about making money. Well, and the thing is, so I said this to to someone, and this person shot right back and gosh, you sound a lot like Steve. Yeah. And I went, oh. Yeah. But, uh, but, <laughs> is that but, where but, I got it from? Yeah, but but, but you know maybe but I I I can see the start of my presentation already. For yeah. I, I just want to make presentations myself now. Yeah. I haven't done one for so long. I know. It's. Nice. I've given you the opportunity to come. Yeah, I haven't done one since Asia. Do you want to do that one at Cup North? I could do that one. Do you want because you because Colin Colin did foot cupping last year, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so. he did. Yeah. Oh, did you did you hear what got presented on I Saturday? I did. I heard there was fuck fuck cupping. Fuck fuck cupping. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna write, do one saying fuck 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 cupping. Well, and that was Colin's <laughs> response on Twitter. So I think I think Ed Ed Greenall uh, took a photograph of the the slide that said fuck fuck cupping, and then. Colin yeah. wrote back and said, fuck, 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 cupping. And I'm like, lads. But also, I think from what I understand, they're like, you kind of missed the point a yeah. little bit. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, <laughs> That's exactly what I heard too. Which is a like, It's shit. kind of like looking at the title of a book and saying, I've read it. Yeah. Um, because, it, like, the comeback wasn't the comeback. Well, anyway, that's a different... Yeah. That, 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 that's Saturday's programme. We were on an airplane home, so who cares? Um, but yeah, no, Ed Morton's talk was fantastic. Like, yeah. it was good, and he presents well. Yes. And it, like, he, he, he I tend to come as must hate him, because he 
he wanders around. He's so good. It, it, it's not even wandering around. He's almost prowling around. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's waiting to go for somebody. Um, but that was pretty much day one. Um, did you get to socialise at all? No. I didn't see you. I didn't see you socialising. No, let's see. So I didn't really get socialised. So that was that was Thursday. So Thursday night. So that was we. So the next day we did this cupping, right? And uh, we'll kind of get into that in a bit. But some of the samples for that cupping arrived in green because we were able to get our hands on them at really short notice. There wasn't time to have them roasted. So basically, I nabbed Roland. And he and I, well, with me stupid advising, because obviously I don't know how to roast. Roasted, he, it's okay. roasted six of these samples, like tiny little samples on a probatino. Um, and we were doing that until late, 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 late. And so in the end, we missed dinner. So I took Roland out for dinner as a thank you oh, for, okay. for waiting and uh, helping me roast all these samples. Um, it's probably best you take him away from the people as well. <laughs> yeah. We had a really nice... So actually, around the corner from... The, the venue was a really lovely restaurant. I went there the yeah, following yeah. night, yeah. Like, it, it was really beautiful. There was I, was sick of, I was sick of eating buffet. And, like, roasters eat a lot of meat. Because yeah. every time I got there, there was lots of vegetables left, but no, no meat. No meat, yeah. So but that place was really lovely, and they made a mean Negroni, and I was, like, super happy. <laughs> Roland was really excited because there was a beer there from a brewery that he had he'd been connected yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, it's been friends with them. Yeah, so um, so yeah, we had a great night, and then we came back, and I went to bed. And well, no, then he ran into other roasters and went for pints, and I went, no, no, see you in the morning. Mm. Um, but the next, so then we kicked into the next day, um, which was I was actually I was pretty relaxed. I got up early. I had all my stuff ready. Things were going well. Like we had a plan to meet the speakers at lunchtime before we got going, and all of a sudden, uh, as I'm like you know pulling some stuff together for Slido in the office and getting the cupping ready, um. It dawns on me that the schedule is different for Friday than it was on Thursday. And I was thinking that lunch was at 1 o'clock and that we were going to start the talks at 2, 2.15 again. And I guess somewhere I missed a memo that we had shoved everything up for that day. So it is now like 12 o'clock and everyone's like, oh yeah, the speakers are looking for you for lunch. And I'm like, but that's not until 1 o'clock. Like, no lunch is now. And I was like, when are the talks starting there? Like um, 1.15 as per the schedule. So I just about... We'd, all, we'd all sorted ourselves. Yeah. We came stressing. <laughs> we were like, yeah, yeah, we know. Don't worry. I came like running and like sweating and panting. And everyone was like, hey, we're cool. Yeah. So our first panel... And before we go into the panel, yeah. actually. Yeah. I think it's the first time we've really done that format. We've done panels panel. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think... The thing with me and Colin when we're on stage is we both get really excited and then we towards the end we both start competing to like like talk. Yeah. Um, we've both got our points that we want to ask the. Yeah. The, you know, yeah, yeah. Where this one was actually quite structured. Um, we'd got mm. a, a flow to it and we really kind of nailed it down. I think it's the first time we've done it and I think it was really successful. I like, really had fun with that. Yeah. So like. Part they could have gone on for a lot longer than they did. Oh, and, and I think I think next time they probably will. Yeah. I think there was a lot to dig into there. And so w- what this was, was, you know, we had conversations with each individual panelist separately and sort of got some, some of their background and some of their stories and some of their ideas around what this particular topic was. So the first one would have been a green buying ethics, yeah. um, stories from origin, and then sort of looked at the commonalities and also the one, you know, the bits where they disagreed and structured it from there. Yeah. Um, and so that way we actually sort of, everyone knew what was happening beforehand in a sense. There were no sort of gotcha moments, yeah. um, which I think they appreciated. Just spilled coffee on my couch. You did just spill coffee. Because I, 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 I did a proper gotcha moment. I was gotcha, spill <laughs> my coffee. Um, but yeah, and and so everyone felt a lot more comfortable, like giving their points. I think and, and having that conversation because everyone else had an understanding of the experience. Well, they were thought through answers too. That's yeah. the thing is that actually they they'd had a couple of hours like to actually think mm-hmm. about the answer they wanted to give yeah. more than the as you say the gotcha part where you yeah. and, and then. It, then you always come up with something better when you walk off stage and yeah, what you want exactly. to say was if you have a chance to do that before. To think about it, yeah. um, so the first part was um, it was Raphael Studer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sarah Moroshi. Moroki. Moroki, I, I pronounced Mor- it right. I'm and it's sure. Zara, isn't it? Not it's Zara. Is it Zara? Yeah, yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I, I kept pronouncing it yeah. wrong. And, and then Joanna, Joanna, yeah. Joanna yeah. who's always all over. Who was a Colleen, Colleen replacement? Yes, yeah. Because um, Colleen and Nunu ate her own passport. She did not eat her own passport. She did. That's what we're telling everybody. No. She ate her passport so she didn't have to do it any more time <laughs> at Tampa Tantrum. <laughs> Um, we love you, Colleen. Really? <laughs> yeah, she was scared, running scared. Nah. I got loads of questions for her, and she yeah. ran off. Uh, but no, it was good. Um, I thought uh, very different 
perspectives. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of Zara was talking much more of a commercial yeah. kind of idea of it, and I think that Raphael was talking very much about. Um, apologies to Raphael, by the way, I called him something completely different, <laughs> Rudolph. No. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, I was flustered. I know. Um, my phone just rang. <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> um, and then, um, uh, so he was talking much more about like the direct approach and like yes, pro yeah. matching producers with buyers, yeah. and, and and Joanna talked a little bit more about buying from a re you know an importer and yeah, the relationship yeah, that yeah. you have to have for that, uh, but but and also the having a view of the direct side of yeah. it too, mm -hmm. and I, like really interesting. And that it could have gone on forever. It yeah. could have gone on for absolutely ever. Um, the second one, which was uh, ethics. No, it was no. trading models and certifications. Trading that that one I felt could have that we could have had a whole afternoon session. Yeah, of that. yeah, absolutely. Like, we didn't get a chance to do any questions. There were questions coming up on Slido, and I really wanted to ask them, and we couldn't because you were just going kill, kill the time. <laughs> um, but that one we didn't even scratch the surface. No. Um, and I thought that one was that. I'd love to do more with that one. I think yeah. that, that there's an opportunity there at some point yeah. to do. I, I think you could do a whole session with mm. that. I really do. Absolutely. Um, it was really interesting. And, and with that one where you were joined by, come on, help me. Eva. Eva. Eva, Eva. Gafford from Nordell. <coughs> um, and Eva's, I, I loved her kind of view of it. So Zara joined yeah. us, and Raphael dropped out, and Eva uh, joined us. Yeah. Uh, and Eva was very much talking about the whole Nordic strive for organics yeah. and fair trade. And how her business was built on that, and yeah. the problems she has changing it mm -hmm. because she started to do a lot more direct stuff. And it was interesting then talking to Joanna about how her view of certifications you know, she doesn't have anything certified at yeah. all, never has in a country that's very driven by, by, certification, by certifications. Yeah. And, and then Zara, who is very much she was talking about like that that's that was a whole career for a while yeah, with yeah. just fair trade certifications but how she softened to that and understands that there's other models mm -hmm. um i i wish we could have done longer with that one i i, I would have quite happily missed dinner for that one yeah and carried it on uh, <sighs> but the panels were like i i thought it was very it, it was very different to the way we've done stuff before yeah. but i think yeah, it was very successful. I'd uh, like to see yeah. more of that. Yeah, I was definitely... More smart that. people. And then I can look smart by talking to the smart people. <laughs> and then the, uh, that smartness will be... It'll rub off on yeah, you. Yeah, it'll rub off on me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then... We had uh, done a cupping in between those two as well. We did do so a cupping between those, didn't we? Which... Well, it wasn't a proper cupping. It was it was a tasting. So yeah. we, we batch brewed 10 coffees. We had 10 samples um, from a variety of places around the world. And... Half the group cupped blind, so yeah. it had no information at all about the coffee, and half the group had the coffee information um, included. And we had coffees from Myanmar, we had coffees from Bolivia, um, from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, um, from Brazil. And so some coffees, you know, are obviously from up-and-coming origins that we're, you know, we're trying to, like USAID and Myanmar has put a lot of money through CQI into developing coffee programs there um, as a way of, kind of like in Bolivia, like pulling money out of the heroin trade yeah. um, in that case or out of other things and, and trying to, you know, provide some support as the country is growing democratically and um, build some stable stuff there. Um and then, uh, you know, some stuff from Bolivia and Democratic... Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And to see the results, so then we asked people to rate the coffee from 1 to 10, um, just at a basic level, and say, would you, would you consider purchasing or be interested in purchasing this coffee based on taste alone? Would you be interested in purchasing this coffee or consider purchasing it based on taste plus the information that you have on this coffee? And it was really interesting to see the big jump that there was in terms of as soon as people had that information it really just goes to show you how important the story is when it comes the to the scores were the scores were super similar as well weren't yes, they yes yeah so there was no massive swing in scores but like if you had the information you were 20% more likely yeah. to want to buy it than if you didn't have the information even with the same cupping scores yeah which like that to me was like we, we all talk about oh well it's on the cupping table yeah. it's on the cupping table it's in the cup it's a, yeah. it isn't it's about the backstory to it as well and this is like again goes back to the business thing, but it's how marketable it is. Yeah. So like if you've got something with a cute story that's a delicious coffee, yeah. it's gonna sell a lot easier than a delicious coffee with no backstory. Yeah. Um and, and yeah, no that I, I I love the fact that 
the scores were the same, but people were twenty percent more likely yeah. to buy. That's it's really cool. It's and really I, and cool. I think it's not just a marketable thing either. It's also I think those people who are driven by passion and wanting to like make life better for mm-hmm. certain farming communities. It was like as soon as they realized that okay, maybe this coffee wouldn't have scored that highly. Maybe it was below eighty points, or maybe it was just at eighty. But maybe you know the fact that they are buying with this idea that they are making somebody's life better. Yeah. Um, but that also tied into some of the stuff that Raphael was talking about and I yeah. think Sarah was talking about as well, which is that like, you know, we do buy for the stories as much as we say that we don't buy for the stories. Not only do we buy for the stories, we often don't go through the trouble of verifying them. No. Um, uh, particularly when you're buying through importers or you're, you're just sort of picking things off the top, unless you're genuinely working through that direct trade. And even then, you know, no, even, even then it's an yeah. absolute nightmare to get that information, you yeah. know, the, there's cultural differences, there's language difficulties a lot of the time, you know, there, there, there's, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, there's kind of, almost like, worried why you want to know this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's almost, um, so this is particularly in Africa, but but a lot in terms of, they want to tell you the things that make you happy. Yeah. So you, you ask somebody like, you know, you ask somebody in Ethiopia, but like, oh, so where's, where's, is this organic? Yeah, 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 yeah. And quite often it won't be organic certified. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, oh, well, we don't use any chemical. That's great, but I wasn't asking that. Yeah. But they'll try and tell you the things that you, they think you want to hear. So you can be telling the story. And I've had it a number of times. Yeah. Where for one, two years, I've told a certain story or told something about a coffee mm. and then been corrected. Like, all gone and gone. I thought you said you didn't do that. Oh, yeah, no, we do. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why going to visit producers is important because you get to find out fairly quickly when people yeah. are, are misinformed or there's been a breakdown in communication. Okay. Yeah. So, but no, that was really interesting. And, and that was kind of like, then we handed over to the RG. Yeah, we did. And, and we, we ran away. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit at the end I think um, what was really nice is originally I think it was just going to be Morton and Anne-Marie sort of talking about you know continuing your education after camp and because Ellie Hudson was there from SCAA with unification happening she was actually able to join the group and there was a really good conversation that happened there about what happens with education when things unify and that, that was pretty fascinating but yeah that wasn't us so much um, it that's going to be I mean, uh, but I mean, it is an interesting topic and I did hang around for it because yeah. um I think it's fair to say I like both educational programs. Yeah. I like different aspects of the yeah. uh, of the programs. I think uh, okay, I may as well be controversial, but I think the SCAE content is better. Mm-hmm. I think the way it's delivered by SCAA is much better. Mm-hmm. I, I much prefer their trainers program. Um, I much prefer the content of the SCAE one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I like the way it can be delivered. It's very flexible. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that's that's a good thing. Uh, I think if they can take the best bits of both, yeah. um, like you know, I think we have lots to learn from each other. Like I think mm-hmm. SCAA does such a such a better show every year yeah. than the SCAE, and I think we can learn a lot from the way that they put that together. Yeah. And I think they, I think the one thing that they can really take from the unification is the way that the educate, like the the content of the educational yeah. um, stuff, yeah. um, and. Well, it's proved. It's yeah. it's it, it, you know it, it is it is more successful a program. I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say, um, and particularly going into different areas, it's yeah. shown that it's it can be transposed into different yeah. uh, you know, different markets. So, yeah, it's 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 exciting times, and I think with you know somebody like Ellie and somebody like uh, Anne Marie, it's it's it can only be positive. Like they've definitely got their work cut out for them, um, yeah. but it's exciting to hear that there's already. Um, there's already that, what's the word? I've lost my words. Cooperation. No, um, equality. So like um, you can you can trans. So if, if you're if you've done a lot of things within SCAE and you want to take an SCAA course, equivalency. Okay. There's equivalency already. Okay. Um. So that has already started, but now there now the time is is come to really actually put them together and build a unified organ, uh, educational program as well. So yeah. Look forward to seeing what comes out of that. No, very much, very much. Um, I guess before we wrap up, we should talk about the next event. One more. One more and then we can celebrate Christmas. Yes. I don't know. There, there was nearly going to be a second one squeaking in there in December, but I got Colin to push it back a little bit. <laughs> oh, is that, has that been pushed back? It's been pushed back a smidge. Oh, I was looking forward to that. Uh, that one would have been fun. We're looking at January. Okay, cool. Yeah, just Christmas is busy, I think, and getting people, people across during the busiest time of the year is going to be difficult, so... When no one else is doing anything. Okay. 
So uh, Cup North is in its third year. It's uh, changing its name a little bit. Is it Manchester North? Coffee Festival? Manchester. There's so many coffee festivals. Yeah, everywhere. but this one, I think there's a good reason. So um, as they've seen growth over the past couple of years, their sort of trade attendance has really skyrocketed I think yeah. like it is sort of the show to go to in the UK yeah. in a sense where you know you're going to get quality time with the people who are attending you know you're going to have a nice space in which to display yourself and it's not going to be wall to wall absolutely bonkers mad with people who don't care about coffee and are just coming for free samples yes <coughs> London um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah and so I think Cup North has seen like their trade uh, attendance and, and uh, stuff really grow the past couple of years but where they haven't seen like such a massive bump is consumers and they realize I mean, part of it is with a name like Cup North is it really clear what it is so this yeah. year it is Manchester Coffee Festival by Cup North and they're doing some super exciting things um, like Ricardo has got this super cute coffee cart he's been going around making coffee in Manchester using the coffee from the people who are going to be there at the, at the trade show bit of it and oh, wow. um, just you know catching people as they come out of the office and giving them coffee and I think it's super exciting what they're doing this year so yeah, so um, very trade-based, obviously going to bring in the consumers. We're doing very different stuff. Oh, mad different. So, yeah. I mean, Cup North Are we is... going to throw coffee? No. Oh. I'm sorry. I love throwing coffee. We're not allowed. Are we not allowed? Is no. it bad? We actually, we had a space indoors this year as well. Like, we had... Can I just throw coffee on my own? <laughs> can I take no. some kilo bags and throw it in the space? Please, no. come on, Jay. If you fill it with We can Instagram else. it. No, no coffee inside. How about if I fill it full of, like, m coffee that's been made? Mm, I don't know. Talk to Colin. Okay. It was his decision to kill it, so. Uh, he's horrible. Mm, terrible. Um, but, yeah, so we're doing something madly different because, I mean, Cup North for us has always been a chance to play or to try new yeah. things or to do something different. Like, they are people we have worked with year on year for the past three years. Yeah. Um, They've been a massive supporter of ours, and they're always super happy to let us just try something entirely new. So, uh, given sort of the the trend in in getting some some more consumers in during the day, we are running. Oh God, I'm gonna kill myself saying this because I came up with the name, so I should be able to say it out loud, but I never can. Brubiacea, I think, okay. is is the pronunciation. We'll say that's what it is from now on. Yep, Brubiacea, <laughs> uh, which is a coffee beer competition for home brewers, but not. Not your average coffee stout. Um, registrants are getting 50 grams of coffee flowers to use in their beer. Uh, and you can do whatever you want. You can... I, I say this like I know what I'm talking about. You could dry hop your beer with coffee flowers. Oh. Um, there's lots of other things you could do as well. I'm sure Roland would be able to talk your ear Can I bring it. a can of Carlin and put the flowers in and shake it up and deliver that? If you give me five pounds, yes. Okay. Excellent. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> we're also going to have some other stuff going on uh, so we, we've got some good judges in for that uh, we're going to be releasing some names soon uh, we've got some lovely prizes from Otters Tears in Stoke on Trent um, giving us some fancy bottles to give away as prizes um, we love Phil at Otters Tears he's, he's a good friend yeah um, so I think it's going to be really good but we're also going to have some stuff there we're going to have some cascara brews we're going to have some coffee flower brews just you know some things for people to come up and taste yeah. um, which is going to be super exciting so that's what we're doing during the day uh, from about 12, I think, until about 5. Yeah. Um, and we're probably also going to have a sneaky camera around. Um, so if you want to come have a rant at us about anything, cool. that's that's your opportunity. And you Ranting's know what? Of course, in saying that, I can see the little cogs turning in Steve's head. He's mm. going to take the camera all to himself for the yeah. five hours. I can do the ranting. Just rant. Yeah. So you either have to listen to me around for five hours or yeah. you can <laughs> keep me off for five minutes. And, yeah, yeah, like about anything. Anything coffee related, anything non-coffee related. I don't know. Like it's just, it's something new we're trying. Um, we've sort of been jokingly calling the it cam. the tantrum cam, but I really hate that. So we're going to need to try and find another name. So um, please, all Tampa about the Oh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Nixon that one right now. Um but yeah, so the camera will be there. We're Can gonna you have... call it 13 chicken wings? No. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Okay. Anyway. Ah! That's my glasses dropping. Sorry, hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to have a camera. We're going to have some things to try and to taste. And then we're going to have a complete and total set change um, where we're going to get set up with the panel. Um, and we've got some, some people coming in. So this year, you know, in the past, you know, a couple of have been like, ah, you know, bring in whoever you want. And this year they went... You know what? Can you actually restrict it to people who are from the north? And I went, not being from the UK, 
What is the North? <laughs> I, I, so I want to hear their description of the North. Well, that's what I think we're going to ask the panel. Okay. <laughs> but we do have we do have some interesting people coming in. So we have um, Alice and Laura Bell from uh, up in Newcastle. Okay. Um, Black Coffee Heaton. Um, we have Claire Wallace from Blue Brew Lab who is coming mm-hmm. in to join us. Um, They're definitely north. Yeah, yeah. Tim Bosworth from Hoxton North, I think, is in, which mm-hmm. is super exciting. And we've got um, Pete from Grindsmiths as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of other people I'm still waiting for confirmation on, but um, I think we're going to have a really interesting panel of folks. And the idea being, we're going to talk about what it's like to start a coffee business, grow a coffee business, build a coffee business in the north of England when you don't necessarily have the same consumer recognition that you would get, say, in London. Um, And I think that's something that is pretty applicable to lots of places outside of the UK as well, where if you're not operating in a big city or if you're not operating in a place where there's already a a standard of understanding what specialty coffee is, just talking about what what it's like to to build and grow your business. Okay. That that's, good. that's kind of where we're going at the minute, but I'm sure it'll change. Because like when we were building out those panels for roasters, so, am I, and so if, if if I'm classed as northern, mm. am I going to be part of the pa- panel and Colin ask me questions, or am I going to be part of asking the questions with Colin? It's up to you. Mm, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm north or not. I think I, I'm north. Technically, you're north. I think. Yeah. 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 North of the Watford Gap. Yeah. There you go. Is that, is that what that is? North of rugby. Yeah. Yeah. North of the Watford Gap. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty much what they say. But um, but it's amazing how many people from up north say I'm not from north. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have that a lot. Yeah. And people from south say I'm not from south. So I don't belong anywhere. There you go. I'm kind of like the Radiohead creep song. Because <laughs> I don't belong here. Oh, no. uh, um, yeah, no, that's cool. Okay, uh, Cup North, how can people but get tickets? Uh, there are tickets available from Cup North Direct, uh, which is cupnorth.co.uk. Um, they've got stuff going there. If you want to register for Brubiechier, yep. uh, we've got links on our website, yeah. uh, temperdetrum.com. Be worried though, you'll be competing against my carling flower. Yeah. <laughs> which means you'll actually have a chance at winning. No, we, we've, got a, we've got a few registrations. You don't know how delicious my drink could be. I, I, that's, a, that's exactly right. I don't. <laughs> and you know what? I'm never going to know. I'm not one of the judges. Well, who is? I don't know. You're not allowed to say. I'm not allowed to say. Mm. We'll so have information. I, I, I'm a CBA judge. That's right. You are, you are a judge. I am a, co- I am a beer judge. Yeah. I've never done a coffee judging, but I'm doing beer yeah. judging. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm official and there everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, we are definitely rambling at this point. We should maybe wrap up. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you for listening. Yeah, um, thanks Been so. fun? Has yeah. been fun. Sunday afternoon, sitting yeah. in front of the fire with the dog, waiting for Sunday lunch to be yeah. made for us. Yeah, I've just got off an aeroplane from being on holiday. Straight to your house to do this. Yeah. And then you're going to feed me and kick me out the door and send me home. Exactly. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, look forward to talking to you all soon. Over and out. Over and out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.